Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Navigation system. Please say a command. On. Ignition. Powered. Seatbelts. Fastened. Shift. Drive. Twin City sports fans, hold on tight. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios, this is the Ride with Royce. He's going the distance. Nobody goes this far with coverage of yesterday's games. We came here for a mission. The ride has blanketed the NFL with Manny Hill's Four Deep Thoughts. And the coverage is now Four Deep. Four Deep Thoughts. And it was an interesting Sunday to come up with Four Deep Thoughts. Manny, what do you have, sir? Number one. Number one. Down there on the sidelines right now. Oh, my goodness. That's Lattimore down there. And, of course, uh, looks like Mike Evans. Now, we've seen Evans already this year. In games where he's not involved, and we're not saying that he's to blame for this, but oh, we yes, saw his tirade in Minnesota when he wasn't getting the football and wasn't playing well. But it looked like Evans was right in the middle of it again, although Winston, oh, that's not good. Then and Evans, then Evans comes over out of nowhere and just slams Lattimore to the deck. Evans should be thrown out of the game. Uh, Dirk Cutter has no control has over that football team. The, uh, a failed college coach uh, yep. installed as the Bucks coach because they were afraid to lose him as an yeah. offensive coordinator. What happened? Well, they got they got their butts kicked in New Orleans. That's mm-hmm. number one. They lost thirty to ten. Um, and apparently, I don't know how it started. I don't know why Jameis was doing it, but Lattimore was like towards the sideline. Jameis. Wasn't playing at that time. Ryan Fitzpatrick was in. Mm-hmm. And Jameis starts pointing at something, and he's like, Lattimore's right there. And I guess Jameis, like, poked at the back of his helmet and kind of pushed him a little bit. And Lattimore turned around and kind of gave him a little bit of a shove. And then Mike Evans just comes in out of nowhere and just decks Lattimore, Lattimore from behind, knocks him over, and then the whole thing just... Just got Jameis out of control. Was, uh, and... Jameis was like Randy Moss squirting water at the yeah. uh, at yes. the uh, official, right? Basically, yeah, yeah. And so this uh, is uh, you and I, both big Jameis guys, but I'm starting to wonder. I don't know. As Reaver Reavers, uh, we were talking earlier. He's uh, he's uh, as when things aren't going well, he doesn't provide a lot of stability either. No, now right. He's, now he's yeah. hurt, and they say he's not going to play for several weeks. So. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty bad down there. And Sean Payton, I don't know if you guys saw, Sean Payton was not happy, and that was a quite well, he the... Was, he would have went to the other sideline if yeah, the well, he almost did, yeah. yeah. Well, and it was it was quite the awkward uh, post-game handshake between him and Dirk Cutter as well. So it was, what did uh, they want, six in a row? 
Yeah. yeah six, they six started 0-2, yeah. 6-2 in a row. They're yeah. pretty good. You know, Gruden, we were all, all questioning Gruden after he said, oh, look at you know, their defense. They've made some great changes on the defense. And then they come in here and stink, and Bradford looks terrific. And we say, same old Saints, but maybe not. No, they've got a lot of decent young talent on that. Lattimore included, by the way. Yeah. Number he's two. He's supposed to be great. Everybody says. Oh, yeah. He's he really good. The, he'll be the defensive rookie of the year, right? Yeah, he's yeah. really Where's good. Where's he from? Ohio State. Really? He's an Ohio State okay. kid. Mm-hmm. Okay. Number two. Ryan airs it out all alone. Juggled. Incomplete. Jones wide open. And he dropped it. I mean, they just will never be easier. Yeah, Julio Jones kind of looked like Troy Williamson on that particular <laughs> yeah, play. Yeah. That was pretty bad. He had the... Panthers defense cooked on that play, and uh, it just went right through his hands. And meanwhile, the Falcons, you know, I was uh, having lunch with my son at the end, near the end of that game yesterday, and, 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 and we agreed on this. When you're winning the Super Bowl by four touchdowns, or whatever it was, what was their biggest margin? 20, 28 to 3. 20, when you're winning the Super Bowl 28 to 3, and you don't win. You may not get back for a while. You might you might want to walk around and feel bad about that forever, and maybe that's what they're doing because they stink. They just have not not recovered. And there's talent there. It's not like they're it's the same even team, uh, even man. even Is on it? even on defense. They're 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 young, but there's there's some talented players on the defense. And I don't it's know the what's same going team on. with a couple of new defenders, right? Didn't they go get a couple of defensive guys? Well, I'm sure I they probably they drafted a few. Yeah. I, I'm not in one is not jumping out at me right at this moment. Well, at least this one, or everybody's blaming drop passes and ever. Are, are we still mad at Sarkeesian down there? Are they, are well, they, they only got 17 points. Yeah, that's but, true. Uh, the Vikes get to go play down there. That looked like a loss when the at season the beginning started. Of the season, yeah. Now they get who? They get Washington, Washington at Washington at Carolina. No, no, no. At, at Washington, Washington Rams and, at home. And great segue, Raiders. Savage under pressure, had it batted away. The loose ball is batted around. The Colts cover it, and the Colts are going to win it. Markevius Mingo recovered the ball, and Jabal Sheard applied the hit. That wasn't that was, the segment. That wasn't that wasn't the one. No, that wasn't the one. <laughs> but but we'll we'll go with that one. I actually okay. had five of these, but we'll go with that one. Uh the Texans lose to the Colts at yes. home yesterday. Mm-hmm. And did you guys see how they lost at the end? No. It was a uh sack given up by their left tackle at the end on the uh, last play of the game. TJ Clemmings, right? No, no. Well, he kind of looked like TJ on the play, but uh I just thought it was ironic that in the week they, they that traded. they traded away their left tackle, their all-pro left tackle, that they lose a game on a sack given up by the left tackle that came in and replaced By the him. way, T.J. was playing for Washington, Washington yesterday because Trent Williams got hurt. That's Oh, really? That was uh, So we might get to see T.J. this week. Huh. And All you know who's coming. very happy about that? Everson, Everson Griffin. Griffin. <laughs> uh, I don't know. T.J.'s underrated. What? Did you watch last year? Should have been a guard. <laughs> Should have been a guard. They shouldn't play him a tackle. So should have Andy Reid, not throwing <laughs> passes in the punt, pass, and kick competition. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, number four. So now Blair Walsh has had a good year. The former Viking Take the best for last. This is a 44-yarder. And it's no good. 
So his second miss of the year and that one wasn't even close with no wind or relatively no wind here today. <laughs> this will be a 39 yard try for Walsh. And that one is going to go wide as well. Oh. Snap and hold are good. The kick is hooking and it's wide left again. <laughs> It's been a nightmare first half for Blair Walsh, and it stays 7-2 Redskins at the break. Uh, a long lorry who has uh, Seattle relatives said that there's, she, was, she heard from her Seattle relatives today. They hate Blair Walsh. Okay, he won a playoff game for you. You should be happy, right? What was the yeah. other one you were going to use? Well, we the other get? one was going to be the Rams. I don't know how I got my highlights okay. mixed up there, but it was going to be the Rams blowing out the Giants 51-17. to Those Rams are pretty dang good. How many of us have to go back weeks. and take back everything we said about Jared Goff last year? <laughs> what a terrible pick! How could they take that stiff? And uh, yeah. and now he's uh, he's not as good as Wentz, but he's uh, dang good. The Blair Walsh thing just reminded me so much of the Doug Bryan game mm-hmm. at the Metrodome yes. against Buffalo, where just he missed, missed the extra points, and yeah, it was great. He's uh, but they're sticking with him. Coach, that, is that what Pete Carroll Pete said today? Pete says we're sticking with him. We're okay. going to be fine. But, okay, uh, Pete, until I he misses d- three more next week and then you'll cut him. him. The next time he's back home, uh, he's going to hear from them, isn't he? Oh, God, yes. Yes. Well, the, the little weasel's got a good leg. But uh, uh, I feel bad, though, because I sent out about 2 o'clock this afternoon the grade school joke, you know, mm-hmm. that, that first graders in say, Seattle are sending notes saying how much they support Blair Walsh, Sharkman had done it at six yesterday afternoon. Somebody You're a out. Twitter thief. Sharkman beat, me. Sharkman beat me by 20 hours on the uh, grade school Blair Walsh joke. I feel very bad about that. All right, we uh, shall return. A Tom Powers moment is coming up. And I want to say this. Thanks to some gopher holers for contributing to this uh, upcoming Tom Powers moment. You know, part of the issue we have is, you know, we're, we're, we're sitting in second and tens and, you know, second and elevens and things like that. And they, it's really tough against a defense like that to be able to convert those. Well, uh, that wasn't one of the stupider things he said on Saturday. Uh, uh, Phil Fleck, as we call him around here. But uh, My entire... Phil Fleck said enough stupid things that we now have our first official... Not that he needs to channel any other cantankerous sports writer. But feeling extra salty, we now present Royce's Tom Powers moment. All right. Uh, Michigan 33, Gophers 10. Gophers made 164 yards. In the second and third periods, they had a minus 10 yards of offense. And uh, they, uh, 33 to 10, and... uh, uh, here's what happened. Here's what happened. He's talking about how they got whopped after the game, right? And in the middle of saying they got whopped, he says, I'm not going to compromise anything to sacrifice the culture. So what in the hell is this babbling idiot talking about? The first thing is recruiting, recruiting, and recruiting. <laughs> no. So... 
You're playing. So if he was willing, so what am I supposed to be, uh, understand that if he'd only been willing to sacrifice a little bit of the culture, we might have beaten Michigan. You know, we define real as remarkable effort <laughs> applied to life. Uh, yeah, uh, save that one. I might have future efforts. No more of those. I want to get this uh, thing going okay, here. I want to use this stuff. I here. don't want to ruin the uh, the Tom Pollard's uh, moment. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm not going to compromise anything to sacrifice the culture. Well, duh. What in the middle of what? What does that mean? You don't want to sacrifice. Help me, help me, boys. Well, Pat, help culture is—it's a very important no, but, but, thing but, but, in sports. But, but I mean, no, seriously. Now, what the hell does that mean? I you have just no got idea. beat thirty-three to ten. You're talking about getting your ass kicked, and then in the middle of it, you say, "I'm not going to sacrifice anything to compromise the culture." What are we? preserving by getting beat 33 to that's, 10. That's the Karan part I Higdon, don't understand. Karan Higdon getting 16 carries for yeah. 200 yards. Yes. Chris but, Evans, 13 carries for 191 how this, yards. How does this have anything to do getting non-competitive at Michigan? How does that have anything to so, do with preserving to, the culture? To better understand the answer, what, do you know what the question is? That no, led to this response? Talking. He was just talking okay. about it. No, I mean, you know, they made 400, 500 yards and you made 100. You know, well, because was like it, so, I didn't know if it maybe. No, if no, he said, was talking about getting their ass kicked. And right in the middle of it, he threw this in and then went gotcha. back and talked about getting their ass kicked. But here's the other one that uh, really uh, agitated me. And hey, I went on Gopher Hole. I always go on Gopher Hole after defeat oh, yeah. to see uh, what the, what excuses these complete frauds are making for this uh, babbling idiot. Uh, so here's the one that a guy came up with, actually a guy uh, at, at there. Uh, everybody knows my name as this slug on Gopher Hole. Oh, okay, sure. Don't talk about being young having too many underclassmen, so many freshmen and red freshmen on the team, and then say, it's my fault. The excuse came first, and it it invalidated the mea culpa. Absolutely 100% correct. You can't say, we're so young, we're so, uh, you know, overmatched, and that's all my fault. He just throws in this all my fault as a platitude to say, oh, I've taken responsibility. No, you aren't. You're not taking responsibility when you make the excuse first. And uh, congratulations to everybody knows my name to pointing that out to uh, the readers at Gopher Hole. Uh, and this is about the third or fourth time he's well, done no, that. He always does, every time they lose. But it, it's completely disingenuous. It doesn't mean anything to say that. I'm just He just wants to say I'm taking responsibility, but it's just absolute nonsense. Uh, on the way to being a champion, on the way to being successful, we got to understand what it's like to be whooped, and we got whooped. But again, we got whooped 33 to 10. It wasn't 79 to 6. What's that mean? I, 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 I We're supposed to be satisfied, or I, I, we're supposed to take yeah, solace well, in the fact that we seventy nine to six by a mediocre Michigan team. Michigan uh, had two running backs that both averaged twelve yards per yes. carry or more. Yes. One guy had two hundred yards; the other guy had one hundred and ninety one yards. And, you know, and when, thanks again to another Gopher holder for pointing out the fallacy of the young argument he's making. We're the youngest team in the country. A guy named I think this guy they're accusing him of being a 
Badger fan. But this guy did quote about we were playing growing men. We're one of the least experienced and youngest football teams, and everybody gets on me about that, but that's reality, and we're going to have to go against these growing men over here. So uh, this guy looked at the top 22, the two, uh, you know, the starters for the two teams, okay? The depth chart, top 22. Mm-hmm. He assigned numbers, one to a freshman, two to a sophomore, three to a junior, four to a senior. Mm-hmm. Michigan's starting 22 growing men, he called it the growing man index, was, was 2.636. I call it the GMI. 3.64 average. In the other average, words, okay. they average of uh, junior. You know, they're, sure. they're average of junior. 2.6 years of experience. Minnesota's starting 22, 2.636364. Exactly the same. Exactly the same with your starters, experience-wise. There are no suspensions for this game. There were none of that going on. Duke McGee was back. uh, Croft was back. There were no suspensions protecting the culture, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, People. Uh, You know, it might lead to something. He, He looks like he's doing decently recruiting. But... What he's saying is nonsense, and you got to take that into account. Here's uh, the the leader, the lead gopher hole item that started this conversation in whatever file that was. He was pointing out all the things he likes about Fleck. Number four, kids are buying into what Fleck preaches, even when hit with a fatal blow to go down thirty-three to nothing. Actually, I think they went down 33-7, to seven, right? Mm-hmm. They stopped the two-point conversion, which was a moral victory. Oh, no. Give him an extension. They stopped the two-point conversion. Here, here's the question I'd See, like to ask, too. Uh, because, what is wrong with you people? Because here's what I don't understand. I know that there are certain media members in town who are going to buy going who in. are going to buy all this crap some that are affiliated with the team well, and some that are not some are just but, going to because they're afraid not to that, okay that's a better way to put it but my question is i don't think the majority of the public is buying this crap because no one's going to the games look at the look that's at the, look at the amount of people yeah. that are showing up for home games on saturday there's as little interest since tcf bank stadium opened up and they're going to have, uh, they won't come close to a sellout again Saturday because Nebraska fans are more disgusted than Gopher fans. Well, that's right? just it. So, who are you selling this load of garbage to? Because uh, I don't think the majority of the public is buying tickets because of this guy. I want, I'm making a plea to my fellow sports journalists in the Twin Cities. Join me in this campaign, not to run him out of town, not even to say he can't be successful, but to point out everything he says is crap. Right. That's all I want. I want people to come out and say, you know, he's full of crap. (laughs) You know, as somebody who wants to see this program Succeed. At least be competitive. Yeah, yeah. And I just want to see the program succeed. Yes. You know, winning a Big Ten title would be fun to see. Sure. Well, it would be great. How old are you now? 33. Yeah. So I've never seen one. You're in trouble. Yeah. But yeah. It, you live to be as old as Sid, you might see one. But, uh, 
But it's just, it, my point is, as somebody who wants to see the program do well, I, like, I can handle them being five and seven or whatever they're yeah. going to end up being mm-hmm. this year. But don't, it, it's just, it's like you've been talking about, just the, the stuff that PJ is saying, like, I, it's... It's it's falling on deaf ears to me. Like I don't mm-hmm. I don't want to hear any well, of that stuff. And not to mention too that I think that the Gopher football following ceiling only goes so high. Look back when you know when Jerry was going to a New Year's Day bowl game, they still I remember that season they were still having trouble selling tickets yeah, to all got, the home nah, games. They did have a nice turnout down Orlando on the whole deal. But, but you know what I'm yeah. saying? I, I think that there's only so much interest that will ever be focused on solely on Gopher football, especially when the Vikings are six and two. Yeah, but that's I, I mean. You don't have to be, I I you know what I think you're they're giving way too little credit to the twenty year olds that think maybe the players are. But if I'm a twenty year old student at the University of Minnesota, am I that stupid that I'm going to listen to this nonsense and think I'm hearing anything but nonsense? Everybody says it's an age thing. No, it's not. It's crap. A kid, a twenty. Two-year-old senior at the University of Minnesota recognizes crap easier than I do. And it's crap. And that's who's yeah. who's being sold this product. Yeah, and they aren't showing up. And they're not showing up. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that was a Tom Powers moment. And uh, <laughs> I don't think anybody get fired, but come on, join me in this fight against crap. <laughs> <laughs> join me in the fight against crap. That's right. John Hyde with a sports update. Thank you, Patrick. This update is sponsored by LinkedIn Hiring. Businesses rate LinkedIn 40% higher than job boards at delivering quality candidates. For a $50 credit toward your first post, visit linkedin.com slash traffic. Terms and conditions apply. Let's uh, do some Twins news first. Yes. Twins have hired former Indians and Tampa Bay hitting coach Derek Shelton to be their bench coach. He was with Toronto last year as the quality control coach, Indians hitting coach from 2005 to 2009, and the Rays hitting coach 2010 to 2016. He'll replace Joe Vaver, who now will go to Ron Gardner. I don't know what Pickler's title is. He sits down there on the bench. He does. I don't know what his title is. The Twins also clearing some more roster room today. They uh, lost Nick Turner. Early on waivers. To- oh, we've oh. lost three. We we have too deep of an organization. That's three guys they've released that got claimed <laughs> to the Pittsburgh Pirates. They also outrighted backup catcher and of course emergency pitcher Chris Jimenez. Oh, really? Yeah, and lefty Ryan O'Rourke both outrighted from the forty-man mm-hmm. roster. That doesn't mean Chris won't be back next spring. Yeah, they're just making room. And but mm-hmm. they lost uh, a couple days ago. They lost Randy Rosario mm-hmm. and, yep. to the uh, Cubbies. And somebody else got claimed. Right? Goodrum, oh, he no, didn't Goodrum get claimed. claimed. Um, okay. Well, got claimed. somebody else got claimed. Somebody else did get claimed. I don't mm-hmm. recall. Who yeah. uh, former twin Jack Morris, one of ten finalists for the Hall of Fame's Modern Era ballot. Candidates have to get 75% of the vote from the 16-member selection committee. Inductees would be announced December 10th, inducted into Cooperstown on July 29th of next year. Modern-era candidates made the most significant impact on baseball from 1970 to 87. Players must have played 10 seasons and are now past qualifying for normal voting. Uh, The other members nominated this year besides Morris, Steve Garvey, Tommy John, Don Mattingly, Marvin Miller, Dale Murphy, Dave Parker, Ted Simmons, Luis Tiant, and Alan Trammell. And Marvin Miller was a hell of a shortstop. <laughs> no, Morris has got to make it, i got to think. Well, and I said this earlier, Pat, but especially when no pitcher is going to get to 300 wins going no. forward, so the standard's going to come down well, a bit. His don't you think? problem is ERA is not 
you know, his oh. ERAs in the high threes. But, but he's still deserving, don't you think? Oh, hell yes. Yeah. How many wins in Tiant? Have you, did he have over 200? I'll look it up, huh? John. He, he played long enough. And he, I don't think he'll make it. By no. mistake, he mm-hmm. must have gotten 200 almost. Later sure. on, they released the Golden Age. That's Tony's list. And uh, Tony missed it by one vote last night. And uh, how, how many how many rings did, did Jack win? At least two. Mm, one one here and one Toronto, one oh. Detroit, three. Three. Yeah. 229, Louis Tiant had oh, 229 okay. victories. Hmm. Uh, Wild start a road trip tonight. They have four on the road through the Saturday night, starting with a game against the Bruins in Boston this evening. Uh, you guys were talking about all the fighting in the NFL yesterday. Yes. <laughs> uh, Jalen Ramsey, Jaguars cornerback, and A.J. Green ejected from the game after uh, a weird little fight. Now ESPN says apparently Ramsey tried to continue the scuffle yes. in the locker rooms. According to multiple sources, Ramsey was seen being restrained by Jaguars personnel and Everbank Stadium security. <laughs> he was spotted heading toward the Bengals' locker room before he was restrained. And as the Bengals came out at halftime, he started screaming profanities once he spotted the Bengals. Ramsey was also heard yelling that he was going to go find Green once security <laughs> let him go. Ramsey did not go in the locker room, was told to return to the Jaguars' locker room, and did. Uh, Green apologized for losing his temper, said he won't be sus- uh, he also won't be suspended, according to the NFL. Out of all that fighting yesterday, it looks like only Bucks receiver Mike Evans received any punishment. He got a one-game suspension. He has already appealed that one-game I blame suspension. Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> all of this, all this tension. It's a full moon. I think right. it's a full. moon. All right, also. Johnny. Thank you. you we'll bet. be back. Andy Greeter from the Pioneer Press will uh, talk a little Gopher uh, football with him. Andy Greeter covers uh, Gopher football and other matters for the St. Paul Pioneer Press. He was in Ann Arbor uh, for the uh, the whopping, as uh, Fleck called it. On uh, Saturday afternoon, uh, a Saturday evening, uh, after the traditional rain delay, what is going on? I've covered Gopher football for fifty years and never had a rain delay. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. They've had three of them this year, and, <laughs> and uh, I mean, I think what's interesting is you know at least they get it before the game, so it doesn't interrupt the middle of it. The one at Purdue was weird, and then it just felt like an entirely different game. Uh, and they didn't, and the defense didn't show up at the end of the Purdue game, and they certainly didn't show up at all. Uh, against Michigan on Saturday night. And Penn State's got to feel a little bad. Their chances yeah. for to make the college playoffs, they get a four-hour rain delay in the middle of the game. And Michigan has been where everything's happening this year weather-wise, too. Western Michigan had to postpone a game till That's the right. next day. It's uh, And that looked like I saw some video from one of the photographers down there. That was a gully washer, that baby. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's pretty amazing that we're having to deal with this. I think what's interesting is James Franklin's team had to sit in the locker room for three hours and 20 minutes, and I know that Jim Harbaugh was complaining about Purdue's locker room, just seeing the, the facilities from the outside of the, of the stadium in East Lansing. I don't know how how, uh, how great those are, um, so I wonder if that kind of ate up at, at them a little bit when Michigan State's got their whole facility right there. I wonder how much that plays into it, but yeah. The Big Ten's uh, wide open at this point, and, and uh, Wisconsin's certainly in the front-runner spot at this juncture. It is amazing uh, how conservative this offense uh, has had to become. Uh, it's, it's very similar to the uh, the Gophers uh, when they were, uh, you know, when Mitch was having his worst problems. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they just, uh, there's there's no passing game. How the hell are you going to move the ball against a team like Michigan if you can't throw a pass? Well, yeah, and then when your number one wide receiver, Tyler Johnson, you know, pretty much disappears uh, for the entire game. I mean, that's what the Gophers' offense has been for years now. They've had one option in the passing game. 
I think you have to go back to 2014 when Max Williams was playing when you saw, okay, there were maybe a couple more options at that time, but since then it's been K.J. Mays and Drew Walterski and then Tyler Johnson. And Tyler didn't get a lot of separation against Michigan's D-backs, and, and he saw, you know, only a handful of completions. But, yeah, I mean, they've, they've tried to do different things on offense. I mean, you saw some wildcat, which, you know, by the end of that one, all the Michigan defenders were pinning their ears back and, one guy had like seven tackles for loss. Because yeah, I saw that. That's <laughs> a world record. I mean, yeah, I mean, they were just amazing because they knew that uh, that was the only way that the Gophers were going to be able to beat them is, is on the running game. So they you know, made Croft be the guy that, uh, if they had a chance, was, was going to be the one to pull out a win. And, and he showed, and they betted right, that uh, he wasn't going to be able to do it. Hey, Tyler Johnson, when I watch him, when you watch him play for Minneapolis North, he's faster than everybody, and he looks like, uh, uh, you know, a, a fantastic athlete. But uh, apparently speed is uh, just uh, okay by Big Ten standards, huh? Yeah, I mean, he's got the, the crazy athleticism. Yes. The basketball, um, you know, really helped him get a scholarship here. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's that's the big thing, and they don't have the, the speed and separation at this point. I think he's a good wide receiver. I think he'll continue to be a key point of, of this offense, not only this year, but going forward. I think he has tools to be a, you know, a guy that can, you know, make an impact in the big 10. I don't know if he's a number one wide receiver. Uh, so yeah, they've got, uh, they've got a few guys in the hopper that they're high on and a few recruits as well. So, I mean, I know that patience isn't very strong and go for uh, fans, uh, you know, lower right now just with where the season is at but i think that there are some things on the horizon well yeah i mean it seems like they've been they're still getting how many how many recruits can they bring in they got to be getting near the limit don't they they got 20 some commitments already yeah they got 23 or so um but yeah so they'll get to 25 and they might oversign i asked like that a couple of weeks ago and he you know just kind of vague on his answer but thought that they could go over a little bit it kind of depends on how many guys leave the program after this year and i I wouldn't be surprised if there's some turnover on guys that, that are playing now, guys that are contributors that don't come back next year just because they don't sit with, you know, with Fleck, and it's probably a, a time for them to leave. I know some guys have, have gotten in trouble, and, and Fleck has been hard on them in certain aspects. I wouldn't be surprised if there's some attrition that frees up some scholarships for some other guys to come in, too, probably some JUCOs. No, I don't want to put these words in your mouth, but uh, sure. does he realize he looks like an idiot rushing down to the other end of the field after the third quarter when you've made <laughs> when you've made minus yardage and you're acting yeah. like, uh, you know, I don't know. It's a, it's part of the shtick, I guess. But, it's uh, you know, it was amazing watching the second and third quarter. Man, alive. what was it, minus 10 yards for the – Oh, yeah, it was, yeah, there were drives where it was, you know, I mean, they, they probably had negative 30 yards in the third quarter. I mean, they, I mean, you just look after the first two drives and they didn't get really anything going. They had some good field position, uh, the first two drives of the third quarter. And that's when Demery got strip sacked. And, you know, that was a big momentum killer, uh, opportunity, the best field position they had when they hadn't been able to move the ball pretty much all game outside of the first couple of drives. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, that was the only turnover of the game, but they were just completely ineffective overall. It's hard to tell with him uh, when he's, uh, you know, uh, rambling. Uh, but do you think he's a little rattled by this? That um, I, I don't think, no matter what he says, I don't think he knew that uh, he was going to come in here and uh, and uh, be, you know, one and five in the Big Ten when he had Maryland and, uh, and Purdue yeah, right. uh, early yeah. on the schedule. I can't believe he thought this was uh, this was where he was going to be six weeks into the Big Ten season. Yeah, just given his style when he when he speaks to the media, you know, he usually comes in and makes a statement, and when he's in a 
you know, a spectacular mood like he was on National Signing Day. He talks for 37 minutes before his first question. And, uh, you know, at, at the big house, he didn't even have an opening statement. He just went straight to questions. And, and uh, you know, he, he was kind of bristly at the start, um, but uh, I think he kind of loosened up a little bit and, and uh, overall was pretty good. But, yeah, I mean, there have, there have been times where, you know, he's, he's really had to, uh, to go to, you know, the, the work that he does and the buzzwords is, that he uses and, and uh, the faith that he continues to have. I think that that's where he goes at times. And I thought it was interesting because kind of early on in the year, you would talk about some of the, the roster issues. And then there was a shift. You know, kind of mid-season where I think it was at Purdue where I noticed it the most, where he was just very much like, hey, it's on my shoulders. This is entirely yeah, but you know, he, my issue, my deal with it. And that was kind of a, a change of course because he was pointing out a lot of things with the roster and the depth, and then he kind of switched his tune a little bit. Well, as we just pointed out, though, uh, he, he did uh, again uh, on Saturday repeat all, they we're the most inexperienced team in the country, blah, 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 all that stuff, which is not true. But then he then he says it's on me. So, I mean, you you can't make the excuse and then say it's on me, okay? So, uh, anyway, but that's that's just my cranky old uh, view of the thing. (laughs) But, uh, so, they they have not gotten a commitment from a JUCO quarterback. They're just trying to recruit one, right? Uh, Yeah, there's some fluid things um, in the class, and and particularly at that position. I don't know how, you know, how set it is and where things really stand. But, yeah, they it looks like they offered a a JUCO out of uh, California. I think it's at Riverside could be wrong on that but he was a cal commit so he might be a guy he's a dual threat quarterback so yeah i mean they've got uh some guys i mean uh, i think tanner morgan is his stock is rising with this program i think that he's shown himself to be a, a contender for the job next year he's the redshirt guy that fleck was, fleck was able to flip from western michigan and they're a bit high on him but uh yeah there's some fluid things in the class right now well you need somebody who can throw a pass I mean, Croft, yeah, right. uh, Croft can once in a while, but very erratic. I mean, is this Morgan kid uh, supposed to be a dual threat? Uh, yeah, yeah, he is. Um, he's not the he's not the biggest guy, um, but I think that he's uh, a flex type quarterback. I think he, he wants someone that can make key decisions and and uh, you know is is good in the classroom and a, a strong leader. He wants he wants someone like him. Um, and he knows like the position is the most important on the field. He gets that. He knows that this is where they're going to 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 win and lose is, is starting with that position. And he's you know setting a the hopes high for the 2019 class with recruits at that position in particular. Um, so yeah, I think that Tanner Morgan is probably a good bet going forward next year just because he kind of fits that mold of of like recruiting guys that are like him, outgoing and and you know kind of consider themselves well-rounded and really buy in. And that's. That's kind of when you when you talk about the buzzwords and the you know the campaign on crap that I heard from the last segment and, <laughs> and that thing. I mean, it's it really boils down to what to the what do the seventeen and eighteen year olds think? Sure. If they if they are into it, then that uh, that'll get everyone else on board. I think what's curious about you know TCF Bank Stadium and you know the attendance as you guys were mentioning is you know at this point it's just a curiosity. Like there's yes, no right. there's no sense of a of an event on Saturdays there. I don't I don't get any sort of vibe. Um, that it's there's any sort of buzz with this game, and I, I haven't really felt it at other times this year as well. So they got a 
they've got to raise the stakes and, and win the home games. And I think it really starts Saturday with that. Yeah, I am a little surprised at the way he came in like a tornado. I mean, Holtz came yeah. in like a tornado. Now he obviously had a reputation, but he filled up the Metrodome. Yeah. Uh, I, I I think the Norwood Teague uh, contra- donation thing had a much more devastating effect on Gophers' uh, ticket sales than people give it credit for. Uh, yeah, and that's right. part of the reason that uh, nobody's sure. at the yeah. game. But I have been surprised that uh, they really have had no positive impact on attendance. Yeah, I think the. I mean, so much of of what I've had to do with with casual fans or observers or people that I, I see around and talk about go for football is you know is is Fleck for real and and everyone remembers you know Fleck from from January and March and and uh, his you know his first press conference and and how he you know set out to not only win it but you know win a championship in it and and then I think once he once he got to the Buffalo game I think they were surprised that. That uh, you know they didn't quite have what they thought they did, and kind of realized at that point right away to start the year that it was going to be a long year, and it wasn't just kind of a first game you know fluke. Maybe this MAC team is good, that kind of thing. It was, oh man, I I think we're in for a long haul, and I think that's kind of that's what he kind of realized and what everyone kind of realized at that point. They can win Saturday though, and help make Mike Riley uh, get Mike Riley's going to get fired no matter what happens Saturday. But uh, this is. Oh, yeah. uh, this is as bad as Nebraska. Nebraska will not win eighty-four to thirteen on Saturday. I can. Guarantee. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think so. Yeah, I think Mike Riley's on his way out. I saw some comments from Bill Moose, the uh, the new AD at Nebraska, and he was asked a question. I think it was in a radio thing, and he went on for probably a couple minutes, just you know, heaping tons of praise on, <laughs> on Scott Frost. It couldn't have been more. Oh really? You know, more. Oh yeah, this was last week. He just <laughs> just like. I don't know, 200 words of just, you know, praise towards him. And it was just amazing that uh, you can connect those dots pretty quickly, I think. All right. Hey, thanks, Andy. Uh, Andy Grader, uh, Pioneer Press, uh, covers the Gophers football. And, you know, I don't blame him. You know, it's a good job, good young man, Randy Johnson at our paper. But, frankly, I'd rather cover shovel elephant poop for a living than cover Gopher football (laughs) with this guy as the coach. But it's, it's, it's the equivalent of shoveling elephant poop. So. The first thing is recruiting, recruiting, and recruiting. We'll be back with Today in History. Ah, we knew this was coming, but uh, it uh, it happened today. Rick Stelmazik has died. Uh, we had him here for the uh, reunion of the uh, 1987 Twins this summer. That was great. And uh, you know he was uh, he was thin. He'd gotten uh, pretty skinny because of pat- pancreatic cancer, but he still had the good sense of humor. The baseball writers in town here just voted him as the uh, you know the the great guy award. But uh, and we were hoping he could make it till uh, uh, Twins Fest. But uh, Stelly died today, pancreatic cancer. Man, it's uh, not good. Uh, one of the great characters in Twins history, maybe the most popular guy in uniform with everybody that I've ever been around. Everybody loved the guy. Rick Stelmezik has died. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.